Next on BYU Sports Nation, for the strength of youth. BYU football relying heavily on a youth movement for early success. But which youngster is having the greatest impact? Where has last year's young star Matt Bushman been this season? We investigate. Plus, more rank and file. Let's settle it. Was BYU football's win at Wisconsin a top five victory all time? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B... Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Thursday, September 20th, wherever and however you're connected. Always great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who would definitely wear a neck pad if he were to play tackle football, Jerem Jordan. Like Sione Takitaki? Is that what you're referencing? Did you not love that look from Sione? As long as he makes tackles, I don't care what pads he's using or not using. I felt all types of nostalgia looking back at some of the great BYU linebackers that wore the big old neck roll, the neck pad. I just think it's a good look. It's a retro look. It is a retro look. <laughs> Whatever works. Yeah. Shea Muirbrook. Yeah. He was, he was the initial like big neck roll guy for me at BYU, you know, I, where it became prominent, where I noticed it. So when Sione came out, that I was like, this is going to be a good day for Sione. <laughs> He's here to mess around. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, perhaps I can interest all of you in the chef's special on today's show. How about this? Jerem Jordan goes one-on-one with Moroni Laulupututau, who has emerged as one of Tanner Mangum's favorite targets and Aleva Hifo's favorite target. They talk in about 15 minutes. Also, McNeese Cowboy football head coach Lance Guidry in 30 minutes. He's always entertaining. And number one ranked women's volleyball outside hitter, McKenna Miller. Or I should say the number one team and one of their outside hitters, McKenna Miller, right? Because the number one ranked outside hitter on BYU Volleyball right now statistically would would be Ronnie Ronnie Jones-Perry. But you need a team to be number one. Indeed you do. That happens in 40 minutes. Plus those of you in Utah, we've been uh, telling you, but we're going to remind you that uh, you can listen to the show on 107.9 FM from Ogden to Provo now and uh, all of the great BYU radio content now on a local radio station, which which is great. So you can continue to use the app. Continue to use the website, BYURadio.org, and now 107.9 FM from Ogden to Provo. Get your neck roll ready. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The 25th-ranked BYU Cougars host McNeese at home this Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern. The game will be broadcast live on BYU TV one hour before kickoff. We invite you all to watch Countdown to Kickoff live on BYU TV at 5 Eastern, the only place you can watch... The aforementioned 25th-ranked Cougars warm up for game number four. Fred Warner's ranked number seven in the top ten defensive rookies in yesterday's NFL Power Rankings on NFL.com. Warner has 22 tackles in two games this season. 49ers face the Chiefs Sunday. BYU men's basketball has announced updated tip times and TV schedule for the 2018-19 season. The season opener takes place at highly touted Nevada, a Sweet 16 team a year ago on November 6th at 11 Eastern. 
9 Mountain. And on December 22nd, the Cougars face San Diego State, 7 Eastern, on CBS Sports Network. And number one ranked BYU women's volleyball hosts Pacific tonight at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. And the app, the Cougars are 10 and sparkling O. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. We're four days removed from BYU's unforgettable win at sixth-ranked Wisconsin. Plenty of time to let it all soak in, and now the perfect time to settle where this game fits in to the all-timer conversation. So let's start with an impromptu, what's the chance? And what's the chance? Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. All right, Jerem. What's the chance BYU's win over Wisconsin is not even or is a top five all-time win for the program? I see how it could be argued that it is a top five win in program history, given the fact that BYU's only beaten a top ten team at the time anywhere five times. So you could argue that. But I will not. I do not think it's a top five win. I think it's a tremendous win, probably top ten. But I uh, have my own top five list, okay? Okay. Let's go with it. I and, don't understand it, but okay. Let's okay, it. let's start. Uh, well, I haven't even explained it, so how do you not understand <laughs> Well, I just understand why uh, Wisconsin's not in the top five. But uh, Number five, Oklahoma 2009. That's a top five win in Cowboys Stadium on ESPN, launched BYU into the top ten. That's a huge win. Yes. That's a huge win. Yes. That team finished 11-2, BYU, meaning. Number four, Kansas State, 1996 season, the only New Year's Day bowl BYU's ever played in. Dramatic finish for the first 14-win te- team in college football history. That was an incredible win. Incredible okay. game. Okay. Already some differences in our top five. Number three, SMU 1980. First bowl win. Incredible comeback. Still talked about today by BYU's best quarterback ever against a team that finished ranked 20th in the country. A team that had Eric Dickerson and Craig James. Yes. BYU's only beaten a team 10 times that finished in the top 20. A team that cheated only multiple times. times to have Eric Dickerson on their team. And BYU still got him. Okay. Number two, <laughs> Michigan 1984. I know Michigan was 6-5 and five going into that game, but BYU wins the national title. It's hard to top that outside of number one, which is clearly, and to me, undi- it, you, you almost can't dispute this one, Miami 1991. Miami's number one, and two, they finished number three. That is by far the greatest win in BYU football history because you beat the number one team and Miami finishes number three. That's the highest-ranked team in the finishing AP poll that BYU's ever beaten. Those are the top five wins, in my opinion, in BYU football history. Wisconsin is somewhere between six and ten, in my opinion. Will the rhetoric change if Wisconsin finishes as a powerhouse, Jerem? Yes. Perhaps. Like, perhaps it could, it could beat the Oklahoma game. The Oklahoma game has a lot to do with the stage as well. The reigning Heisman Trophy winner in Cowboys Stadium. The whole thing, right? Um, the first college football game in that stadium, by the way. They're, yeah. They're, listen, Wisconsin could sneak in the top five. Let's see how Wisconsin does. BYU was ranked 20th when they took on third-ranked Oklahoma. Yes. The Cougars were clearly no slouch of a team. Going into the season, everybody knew it. I'm with you at number five. Oklahoma, 2009, first college football game in Jerry's world. It was an amazing stage, and it propelled BYU to new heights. We thought just maybe this would be the year that BYU would burst into the BCS and play in that major bowl game. It was a great start. The Vegas Bowl is in a major bowl game? BYU got so much notoriety. They became the overnight college football darling because of that win against Oklahoma. Number four, Wisconsin, 2018. Well then. BYU 
unranked entirely off the radar after losing to Cal one and one, and they dropped that game in home. The Cougars two and five in their last seven home games. The world is ending. The sky is falling, and they go on the road and beat the sixth-ranked team in the country, a college football playoff contender at Camp Randall, and do so enough to get ranked? You want to talk about a jump? You go from, that team just lost to Cal. Maybe they're not very good. To, oh, they're the 25th-ranked team in the country. It was a huge, huge boost to BYU, and I am banking on the idea that Wisconsin will finish and be a strong team, which is why I put them at number four. I think they're a 10-win team this season. And if they're a 10-win team, they finish ranked, and you think, then you look back and think, whoa, I can't believe BYU did that. Number three, Michigan 1984. I know it won the national championship. Michigan was a 6-5 and five team. It, it was a big stage for BYU. Yes, they needed to win that game. Michigan just wasn't that great of a team. They had a ton of injuries. Jim Harbaugh broke his arm. He wasn't the quarterback of that team. So that slides to number three. SMU, first bowl win, I agree with you. The, to get the first bowl win in that dramatic fashion with Jim McMahon and beat that team, SMU, Insane. amazing. Number one, Miami, 1990. That team coming off a national championship, won the national championship, uh, I think, the very next year. And finished number three in 1990. Oh. Look, that that Miami program was incredible. It won that game won Ty Detmer the Heisman Trophy. It won Ty Detmer the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, it certainly p- propelled him to uh, a tremendous season, right? Yes. Okay. Those are my top five. Last season there was a single shining bright star on offense in freshman All American Matthew F. Bushman. This season Bushman has three catches for forty six yards and a touchdown. Bushman didn't have a catch or target. And number six, Wisconsin, crazy enough. Offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes yesterday explained why a guy gets more reps in a game or not. So it's not that we're necessarily trying to throw it to any tight end over another tight end. But um, as with any position, the number of reps that a guy gets in, in a game is due to what he proves to us in practice. Okay, Spencer, where is Matt Bushman? Not physically, but I mean on the field. He's still on the sideline just working through some things. Right now, Jeff Grimes trusts the other tight ends, specifically Moroni Laulupututau and Dallin Holker, and in some ways, J.J. Nwigwe to block. So he, so he trusts uh, a guy that's not a pass catcher, and he trusts a freshman more than What's the freshman What's the emphasis of BYU's offense right now? It is establishing the run. Yeah, so is Matt Bushman not a good enough blocker? Is that the question? I think that we have seen him block well at He's a times. Freshman All American, like why is he not he, being used? He blocked well in, at times against Arizona. There were some breakdowns against. I can't Cal. really assess how good a guy blocks. And for perhaps the matchup with Wisconsin was more suited for MLP and JJ Nwigwe and Dallin Holker than there it was. There were twenty-two Matt passes, Bushman. right? There's not a single target to Bushman. It's just kind of weird. I'm, Jeff Grimes said, weird. "Look in practice." The guys I feel are earning it the most that I can trust and rely on the most are the guys that are going to get the most targets. So and what's see the up with the Matt most. Bushman then? Like That's I said, he's, question, it's not right? it's it's not like it's this super crazy. Oh no, Matt Bushman's career is spiraling downward. It's That's so, not what I'm saying. I'm it's just saying so where is early. It? It's yeah. so early, and right now, perhaps he's just being outplayed in practice. He could work his way back into the lineup, and then this conversation goes away in two weeks. So maybe, well, to be fair, he's been on the field. It's not like he's not on the field. He caught a touchdown against Arizona. Yeah. He had three catches in the season opener. But what I mean is, 
he wasn't even targeted in the last game, which is pretty wild, pretty gnarly. Like when Wisconsin before the season looked at BYU, they said, "Okay, they got this guy. They got hey, look out for that tight end. He was one of the best in the country as a freshman. No, overall, not just as a freshman." So it's just kind of weird. I, I hope to see a little more Matt Bushman, and perhaps he needs to do what he needs to do in practice to earn a little more PT. Who knows? But our stat of the day indicates that he's not the number one guy being targeted at tight end. It's somebody else. Let's get to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. We'll hear from this man later. Moroni Laulupututau has twice as many targets than Matt Bushman and Dallin Holker combined. It's 14 for MLP, 4 for Bushman, 3 for, Hol- for Holker. Interesting. MLP, clearly. Yeah. Maybe he's being double teamed. Maybe he needs to do more in practice. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're using him as a decoy. But you got to get open at least once and be thrown to. What, 22 passes, zero targets is an odd number. How many other That's players were not targeted against Wisconsin? Was Dylan Collins? How many other players were freshman All American? Was Dil- Dylan Collins a good player? Was he targeted against Wisconsin? I don't know, but Dylan Collins wasn't an All American last year. A freshman All American? There was one. Of any kind. There was one All-American on BYU's team last year, and that guy didn't get a target. It's just a little odd. All right. Matt Bushman was clearly the newcomer and the youngster that had the greatest impact on BYU football's offense last year, maybe the entire team. So thus far through three games, Jerem, which newcomer has made the biggest impact on the 2018 season? Okay. I'm going off the radar just a little bit. What, what's the number one part of BYU's offense right now? And, and probably the same. To me, it's the offensive line. It's the run game and it's led run, by the offensive the line. Yes. So this just in, BYU has two starting freshman offensive linemen and three that are playing. To me, it's Brady Christensen and left tackle and James Empey the center. Okay. They've right. had the biggest impact on this season. They're freshmen. They've redshirted. They're playing. You don't notice them. That means they're doing their job really well. That means they're doing their job really well. I could see an argument for Skyler Southam makes the game-winning field goal and one of the biggest wins in BYU history, but not in the top five, but in the top ten. I think it's Brady Christensen and James Hempel. Yeah, you're talking about consistent impact, play in and play out. How about the guy that starts every play? It's James Empey. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I think, but James, to me, even... And Brady's outwe- starting as much as James. Outweighs Brady. Well, James hikes, he starts the play. Right. I think He the has left- to snap the ball. Right. What did the blind side explain to us that the left tackle is the most valuable offensive lineman um, in, in protection, in all kinds of things. Um, I'm not going to pick between the two. I just think the fact that – and Keanu Saliapaga played a bunch at, I believe, left guard uh, in the game as well. So three freshmen on that offensive line, which is pretty gnarly. In fact, uh, there was a moment in the game against Wisconsin in, near the goal line an and goal situation where BYU had seven freshmen on the field. Are you kidding me? Before the season, Kalani Sataki talked about how awesome uh, this freshman group was and that he thought they would contribute and be good. He wasn't lying. Seven freshmen in the game, and BYU scores on that play, by the way. How about the youth movement? Ooh. And I, I'm, James Empey has stepped up. He took over for a four-year starter at center, T. John Karoma. And we haven't noticed him which is a good thing. There have been no faulty snaps. There have been no major gaffes. Yes. He's just been Mr. Consistency as like, a freshman. Like, I don't want to notice my the garbage man. I just be you know, I put it out there. It gets delivered. I go in. I don't think twice. Like, if, some, if I notice him, like, oh, did some garbage spill out? Like, what happened? You know, like, he does his job. Not a lot of glory in that. 
but it's an important, vital part of like how a city functions. Well, how the O-line functions. Oh, I'm all about giving the glory to the big beauties on the offensive line. Those guys are getting it done, game in and game out thus far for BYU. And you know what? They can assert themselves against McNeese, who will be undersized, no question, on Saturday. Yeah, this should be a game where BYU racks up 250-plus rushing. Our question of the day, which newcomer has made the biggest impact on the 2018 BYU football season? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. All right, BYU Sports Nation, hashtag BYUSN, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Jonathan Biggs in on Facebook. Lopini Catella, he's done really well as a running back. It has been a surprise that they trust a freshman to come in as much as they have, someone I didn't hear a lot about. It's true. He hasn't been uh, used as much after the Arizona game, per se. So a little more for uh, Lopini. He's explosive. He's a tough runner, and he's a good blocker. He's not been used enough for me to make that declaration. I disagree with that opinion, but that's okay. I think there have been other guys. It's the offensive line. Yeah, it's It's it's, the offensive line. I have five or six guys ahead of uh, Lopini at this point. Coming up, why does the McNeese defense have the nickname DWA? We'll ask the head coach, (laughs) Lance Guidry. And next, Jerem Jordan goes one-on-one with the man at tight end that has been targeted the most, Moroni Laulapututau, as they discuss things like the hug between Steve Clark and Jeff Grimes after the Wisconsin game. But will you reenact it, Jaron? That's what I really want to know. You'll have to watch to find out. This is BYU Sports Nation. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Saturday on BYU TV, the 25th-ranked BYU Cougars host McNeese. Pre-game coverage begins at 5 Eastern time with countdown to kickoff, and we've got the live game as well. And, of course, post-game coverage, it starts at 6 Eastern time. We are live in the studio, Bizzle. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. If you missed the show live, download the podcast or watch the show anytime you like by going to BYUSN.com and experience BYU Sports Nation whenever, wherever, however you would like. Our question of the day, which newcomer for BYU football has made the biggest impact on the 2018 season? In on Twitter is at MadCougar86. Are you mad, bro? If we are talking about players, I say Skylar Southam. Dude makes me feel relaxed when BYU needs a field goal. For coaches, I say Ryan Pugh. His work on the offensive line has been fantastic. Yeah, Jeff Grimes as well, if we're going to go the coaching route. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's the beauty of it. You can go whatever route you want when you answer the question. Yes. Yes, it is. Jerem Jordan had the luxury of going one-on-one with BYU's leading tight end pass catcher, Moroni Laulupututau, yesterday, a guy who caught the only touchdown pass in the win against Wisconsin from Aleva Hifo. I'm sure that that, among many other things, like, I don't know, the hug between Steve Clark and Jeff Grimes was discussed. So let's hear about it. BYU Sports Nation All Access, Jerem Jordan with MLP. All right, Marona, I know you guys want to move on and talk about McNeese, but you beat number six, Wisconsin. I'm sorry we've got to talk about it. It was awesome. Um, it's been five days. Is the vibe, is the feeling, is the energy from that still lingering in your prep for McNeese? Honestly, it feels like a long time ago. I'm not going to lie. Just because of how our practices are and how our coaches are on us about moving on, it feels like forever ago That that because we, we've done so much since then to prepare for McNeese, so... You know, it kind of feels like it really is in the past. 
But there's some things I still want to discuss. Okay, the trick play, Bucky. Um, during the week, I was told you weren't that good of an actor in it. Is that true? Who said that? I don't, Kalani to the media. I don't know what he's saying because obviously it worked. <laughs> so no one was in within 20 yards. Now, granted, that was a lot of credit due to Leva because of the weapon he is, but... Hey, it worked, so, you know. When the cameras were rolling, you were good. Okay, at what point in that play do you think, oh, it's going to work? Uh, the second, like, two steps into the play, I knew it because they were coming down hard, and I knew they were going to – I knew Levo would draw them on. I really did because he was having a game. I mean, they had to respect him, so kind of knew it was going to work. At that point, are you like, please, Levo, just give me a pass I can catch? <laughs> yeah, I knew he would. <laughs> I trusted him. He'd been doing it well in practice, yeah. so, yeah. He said he won a tryout. Is it did did it was just receivers right? No tight ends tried out for quarterback. Yeah, no, I wasn't there when it happened, but yeah. I trust him. <laughs> yeah. So that plays a big one because you take the lead, you get the momentum there. How satisfying was it to actually execute that to perfection and just really catch them off guard? I mean, it's just I don't want to be like, oh, we knew it would work, but it's like honestly, our coaches work so hard and they put in so many hours and they know the plays we run will work if we just execute them so it's just exciting to see it actually work you know is the key the jet sweep there that the jet sweep was working so that it opens that up yeah i think it was a combination of everything how well our offense was working our run game our jet sweeps like i said level working extremely hard before any of that happened uh they had to play us honest so how much were you jumping around after the third quarter uh, I was actually enjoying watching the team do it more. I kind of caught myself watching, as I believe a lot of the fans and the other team did as well. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Uh, how has uh, how have things turned for you guys? Because you go into Arizona, you're not supposed to win that game. You're a double-digit underdog. Uh, Khalil Tate, you perform well. You come home, pressure's off a little bit with Cal. It wasn't what you wanted offensively. Then you do kind of a similar performance with Arizona or Wisconsin where it's, we're not supposed to win this game. So how do you turn the table now that you're the ranked team and you're supposed to win? I think it's, you know, after that Cal game, I don't like going in the past, but we really did learn an important lesson of coming off a high. Like Arizona, it's been so long, we we won, you know. Like we're back, and we had that feeling. And I think we did let it get to us in the preparation, like we all know. And so that lesson that we learned that week, um, ever since then, practice has been amazing. I mean, it's been on to the next like every day we got to work we got to grind and it's because of that lesson we learned and i think it's been the same even wisconsin to this week the practice has been the same intensity like execution you know the importance of going hard every play so it's helped it's helped a lot after the cow game you referenced uh the practice from the previous wednesday today's wednesday how was practice it was a great practice great great practice uh no turnovers no fumbles no pre-snap penalties. Um, passing game's improving. This is one of our goals. So it, I think it's a really good, really good Wednesday practice. A lot, lot to improve, and we still have a lot of time, thankfully, in the week. But I, I mean, I like where we're at. Spencer and I have discussing a, uh, been discussing a lot Tanner Mangum's performance. So the numbers are low: eighty-nine passing yards. You know, but it was what it was required to win. How would you assess Tanner's play and how he led the team to victory in his role as a quarterback? I mean, it's spot on. I mean, he did. There's so much you don't see. You know, people think quarterback throws the ball. But with how complex this offense is, he is actually involved in a lot of the run game and a lot of the reads. And that's stuff people don't see. And so, you know, he carried out his fake. And so he did so much more than just throw 
however many yards he said, I don't even know. Um, that made the team successful. So he's spot on and he's performing where he needs to perform. And he's doing what he needs to do when his number's called. And so that's what makes our team good. Is He's always ready. He's always consistent to make the play. How much on preparation day did you guys throw? Remind me. You were in the same mission in Chile. Back, uh, back in the mission. Yeah. Um, it was one P day. We only had one chance. And it was for a good couple hours. Yeah, yeah I got to throw some deep balls, play with the Chileans. It was fun. Did you make sure you stretched out well? Because I wouldn't want you to pull a hamstring in that situation. And what did your companions do? Because you weren't companions, right? And no, 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 no. They were just hanging out? No, they were, it was like 20 on 20 because everybody wanted oh. to play. It was like the whole zone or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was like, <laughs> it was like our zone and his zone. Yeah. We met up and, you know, it was going to be a small thing, but, wait, you guys are going to play? Like, oh, we want to go. And then it kind of spread. And so like, we Fine, should, we have to include yeah, them. No, so we showed up and there's like 40 people. I'm exaggerating, but it was not 11 on 11. It was more like 15 on 15. So On a bad grass field probably at some school or something. It actually was nice because That's it was good. a soccer field. Good. I mean, they're huge into soccer. Yeah. And we got into one of their come on, semi-pro pro teams. Okay. Yeah, so we were in their stadium. It was pretty cool. Nice, but you didn't have cleats, I imagine. No. No, 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 just tennis shoes, but it's still fun. Did you carry a football with you on your mission? Did you have one? Uh, I didn't, actually. I think I, I did, but I gave it away like really early. To some native Chileans? Yeah, yeah. So to some Chilean, some people I taught, and so, nice. yeah. You're hoping uh, they got baptized, and then they're the next Ziggy from Chile at BYU? Right, they come, get recruited, <laughs> you know, become All-American. Yes, exactly. Great story. Okay, let's finish with this. Uh, there was a photo taken by Patrick Kinahan of your tight ends coach, Steve Clark, fully embracing uh, Jeff Grimes. When you see that photo, what comes to mind? Uh, just I love I love my coach, man. I love Coach Clark. I love everything he stands for. His character. Um, he puts in so much work, and he's never he's never going to be a guy to be, you know. Hey, look at me. Here's the credit. He's a behind the scenes kind of guy, and he honestly just wants us to exceed. And so seeing that, it's just like, man, I, I love this guy, and I love Coach Grimes, and and you can tell they're passionate about what they do. And so as a player, it's really easy to get behind them, and kind of buy into what they're teaching by and I, I would do anything coach Clark told me to do because I know he he loves us he wants the best for me and and he's just a great guy so so if he asked you to go grocery shopping you're like you're there absolutely I'll get whatever you want <laughs> milk eggs whatever you name it do we need to simulate that photo with players like Michael Shelton with Mo Lungy? I don't think so <laughs> no I don't think so that's just a spur of the moment thing yes. you can't you can't kind of yes. you can't copy that it happened it's yeah. over well good luck against McNeese State thank you appreciate it I'm excited Jerem Jordan, one-on-one BYU Sports Nation all-access with the tight end Moroni Laulupututau. You saw some of it behind Moroni and, and others. There is this awesome culture of post-practice, hangout, work on things like that I haven't seen in a long time. So these guys are putting in the work, and I really appreciate it. It's, it's showing on the field, so it's great. Coming up, the top-ranked women's volleyball team against conference play tonight on BYU TV. Outside hitter McKenna Miller will join us in studio. And when preparing for BYU... What grabs McNeese head coach Lance Guidry's attention? We're going to ask him next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Tomorrow, watch and listen to the women's soccer team's matchup with Utah Valley in the final non-conference game of the season. Pre-game on BYU Radio begins at 8.30 Eastern with the game on the radio and BYU TV at 9 Eastern. I would like to point out the fact that Jerem Jordan is once again not even having to consider 
doing his top button up because the t-shirt. It's a conscious effort at this point. Swag continues. Yes. Now, specifically, you are wearing something from the Nike Game Day collection available right. right now at the BYU store and at the BYU store.com. That's right. Get your game day gear, uh, the newest and best stuff from uh, the BYU store. It's awesome, man. The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. And title sponsor of the program. Thank you. We love it. And now present today's BYUSN headlines. 25th-ranked BYU hosts McNeese at Lavelle Edwards Stadium this Saturday. Six Eastern, four mountain kickoff. While McNeese is an FCS school, they're a ranked FCS school. Number 10, in fact. BYU head coach Kalani Satake says his team will in no way overlook the Cowboys. I think McNeese is a dangerous team. It's important for us to be serious about them and stay focused on that. And I think if you talk to our players, they don't really care about who's next. All they care about is McNeese right now, and that's the right way to do it. A reminder to watch Countdown to Kickoff as we get you set for the Cowboys and Cougars. 5 Eastern live on BYU TV. Fred Warner is ranked number 7 in the top 10 defensive rookies in NFL.com's power rankings. Warner has 22 tackles in two games this season. 49ers face the Chiefs Sunday. BYU men's basketball has announced tip times and revised TV schedules for the 2018-19 season. The opener goes down at Nevada on November 6th at 11 p.m. Eastern. And on December 22nd, the Cougars will face San Diego State 7 Eastern on CBS Sports Network. And the number one ranked BYU women's volleyball team hosts Pacific tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. The Cougars are 10-0. We will talk with outside hitter McKenna Miller in the next segment. Let's make it 11-0. Earlier today, we had the privilege of speaking with the head coach of the McNeese Cowboys. Very energetic, entertaining, and quite frankly, very successful coach. His name is Lance Gidry. He joined us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, and here is that interview. Coach, when you watch BYU on film, what's the first thing that jumps out to you? Well, for us, it's size. I mean, they're very, very long. There's nobody uh, on our schedule that's that tall and has that much length. So that's concerning, uh, of course. But a well-disciplined team, um, you know, of course, they look a lot different this year than they did last year. Um, You can tell they're playing with a lot of confidence. I think Coach and them are doing a great job of letting their guys do what they do. And uh, just a a well managed football team, and uh, BYU ought to be happy the way their programs are going right now. How has your perception of BYU changed, not just from last year to this year, but maybe last week to this week, because BYU pulled off the biggest upset in the country last week? Sure did. You know, anytime you can go to Wisconsin and beat a team like Wisconsin, that's huge. And uh, they played very hard in that film. It was their best game of the year, I thought, BYU. Uh, They played up to the the task, and uh, you know, hats off to them. I'm happy for them. Anytime, you know, a coach has a little bit of a struggle early on in his in his uh, career uh, as the head coach, and then you see what's happening for him right now, I'm really excited for him because it's kind of a big fraternity in coaching, you know, and you want people to do well. So I'm happy where they're headed right now. I really am. McNeese head coach Lance Gidry with us on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, you know a thing or two about winning big games. In fact, McNeese has a storied history of beating FBS opponents, including two of the last three, almost got Nebraska back in 2014. What's the key for McNeese as you look to do it again uh, against uh, a bigger division school? Well, you know, one thing our kids uh, always been here is our kids, they don't fear anybody. They believe that they're going to win. They play with a chip on their shoulder. 
because uh, a lot of them could be other places for whatever reasons uh, they're at McNeese. They could have played maybe mid-major or sometimes kids don't have grades or transfers. So they like playing in the big games. They like proving themselves. But uh, to my experience, you have to play a clean game, and BYU is not going to make a lot of mistakes. So we can't either. And you've got to try to make the game a fourth-quarter game and have a chance at the end. But still, it's a tall task because they have so much more numbers than you, not necessarily in people but in quality. Uh, our drop-off's a little bit different between our ones and our twos and our threes than probably a BYU or Wisconsin, Nebraska, and those guys. So it's just the drop-off and depth, quality depth, is, is the thing that's hard to overcome. Let's talk about some of your starters and main players. B.J. Blunt, FCS Defensive Player of the Week. What makes him so disruptive for opposing defense offenses? Very, very fast, really instinctive, plays with high energy. Uh, he's a kid that could play anywhere probably in the country. Just a, you know, He was a kid we signed out of high school, uh, was a non-qualifier, didn't have the grades, uh, but he ended up going to a JUCO and uh, came back to us, and we were very lucky to get him back. But he's probably a guy that's going to play on Sunday, or at least the CFL. So uh, just plays with a high motor as a playmaker. Um, so that's kind of BJ. What is the strength of your team? Uh, the strength of our team, I think, is probably our, our skill players, uh, offensively and defensively, our running backs, tight ends, uh, adequate wide receivers, and then, of course, the backers. And some of the safeties, you know. So we have, we have, we can run. You know, that's one thing in Louisiana. If you don't have speed, it's your fault because it's all over the place throughout <laughs> Louisiana and Texas. So we try to, we try to go out and get as much speed as we can. And sometimes we give up size to get it. But I think the formula for winning in the South is is making sure that you have the speed that other people have. And uh, you can't have them both at our level. You can't have size and speed. So you better go with the speed because if you just got size, everybody's going to outrun you. And that's evident on defense, the DWA, the defense with attitude. Uh, what's the story behind uh, that, and how does that come out? Well, DWA, I was one of the first guys, first members as a player on it back in 1990. Of course, there was a rap group NWA at the time. So one of our crazy linebackers started calling our defense the defense with attitude, and uh, it just kind of stuck, and it became a standard here at McNeese. Uh, if you were going to play on defense, that you had to live up to that standard. It's kind of like our fraternity on defense, kind of like when you went to Nebraska and they had the black shirts and that. So it's just held up over the years, and uh, we've been calling ourselves that for 27, 28 years now. And uh, so it's a true cult on defense, and uh, we walk a little different than everybody else on the team, and we act a little different. Uh, but it's a fun deal. Uh, they take a lot of pride in it, and they believe in DWA. All right, we appreciate the backstory there. Now, before you go, we do want to ask you about the new head basketball coach at McNeese. We like Nick him. Troyer. He was at BYU last year. He's a great guy. He's a difference maker. What's your relationship like with Heath? Well, of course, he came in uh, here recently, you know, so I didn't get to know him too much. Met him a couple times, but I know he's got everybody excited in Lake Charles. We've got a brand-new arena that he's moving into, so uh, he's the first coach going to coach in it. So he's got a great opportunity to recruit to this place, um, and he does have a lot of fire. So he's going to have all the intangibles he needs to win here. If he don't get it done, it's not good. <laughs> so, uh, no, nah, but he's, he's, he's created a lot of excitement around here, which is really good for our basketball program and athletics in general. Coach, it's great to talk to you. I think Heath Schroyer uh, might want to implement his own DWA in basketball. He's a big defense guy, so take him under your wing, if you will. We'll give him some shirts to wear on defense. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, great to talk to you. Thanks so much. 
Thank you. McNeese, head coach, Lance Gidry on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. His Cowboys take on the Cougars this Saturday, 6 Eastern, 4 Mountain, live on BYU TV. They're ranked as high as ninth. Like, they're not some slouch FCS team. They're one of the best FCS teams. Yeah, there's something called the stats poll and then the coaches poll at the FCS level. I'm pretty sure there's another one. They're 9 and 10 respectively. There were three FCS polls polls till today. Why not? Why not, Jaron? Why don't you make an FCS poll? I probably will. The BYU Sports Nation FCS rankings. I don't want to be looking up how Houston (laughs) Baptist did each week. Coming up, what's it like waking up knowing you're number one? That would be a good feeling, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, you do, but I mean other people. McKenna Miller knows exactly how that feels. The junior outside hitter from number one ranked BYU women's volleyball is with us as the Cougars get set to open up West Coast Conference play. McKenna, do something weird so we can remember it on camera forever. There it is. This is BYU Sports Nation. (laughs) BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hi. The undefeated and number one ranked BYU women's volleyball team against West Coast Conference play tonight, hosting the University of the entire Pacific Ocean on BYU TV and the app at 9 Eastern time. That is an ambitious landscape. I think you need to say hi next time the way Trevor Maddox said hi to us after BYU lost to Cal. Hi. (laughs) Depressed. (laughs) Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation. Our question of the day, which newcomer has made the biggest impact on the 2018 BYU football season? Kiki Solano. Eli Manet adds this on Facebook. Zach Wilson for upping the competition okay. at quarterback. Okay. By his and Tanner's own admission, the competition helped their development in the offseason. That's a, that's a tricky answer. Maybe the elite mm. voice of the day. Join the conversation 24-7 on social media. Just use that hashtag BYUSN. Joining us now in Studio B. A return guest one and of a our fabulous one She's at that. BYU junior outside hitter. I can't believe you're a junior. It feels like you just got here. McKenna Miller is What's back up, in Studio B. Thanks for having me, guys. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? We are having a lot of fun watching the number one ranked team in the country. What's it like to be number one in week two now? Um, doesn't feel any different. Like the first day when it was announced, it was kind of like, okay, cool. And then honestly, I forget about it a lot of the time. That's probably a good thing, right? You're yeah. Like, Let's just do our thing. Yeah. But but there's not more pressure? You don't feel more pressure as a number one team? No. That's I don't good. think any of us really care about the number in front of our name that much or the number in front of whoever we're playing. It's just someone else has given it to us, and we want to see how good we could be. So the number's just a number. Let us carry that. Yeah. Let, yeah. Let that's us that's care your guys' It's good for job. marketing. Yeah. yeah, it's great for marketing. We care about it. Yeah. So we'll continue to front that ship, okay? Yeah. You got it. <laughs> uh, you've enjoyed great success when you've come on this show, McKenna. So let's just go ahead and get this out of the way and give you the I think car- you're a good player as well. Right now. Yeah. Okay. We don't okay. give it to sucky players. but <laughs> <laughs> We give it to good players, and then they're Thanks. even better. Yeah. So take the karma now. Yeah. I got it. It's out of the way. All right. Got it. The first time everyone, someone's ever like, physically been like okay i have it now really yeah in five years of doing this no one's been like okay i have it so thanks for receiving it question mark uh, i don't know brian logan forced people to hold hands a few times yeah yeah he, it gets <laughs> well when brian comes on it gets weird it gets weird <laughs> okay karma boost out of the way uh, i do want to go back to the number one ranking just to ask yet do you get annoyed with it when it's brought up is is it more annoying or is it more validating neither i don't know I just, like we said, we don't really care. So people bringing it up, it's just like, yeah, it's whatever. And then if it's for a good thing, oh, number one, it's just like 
it's whatever. We still have yeah. practice. We still have another game, two games the next week. So, and I feel like your coaches do a really yeah fantastic. Yeah. Heather job. Olmstead yeah. and, and company have you dialed in to where they're like, okay, that's great. Anyway, we have work to do. Yeah, right. Like we you have said. a really good team culture about it, and it comes from our coaches. They do a good job. Now, this team has not been ranked number one for a long time. So do you think that has to do with kind of the timing and being able to host Stanford? Or is this team on a similar plane as the uh, previous couple of teams that were top ten good like this team? I don't know. I think we're just doing our job when we need to do it, and it's working out. I mean, being number one's fun, but none of us are going out saying we're going to beat Stanford so we can be ranked number one. We're mm-hmm. going out to beat Stanford, so... Okay. I think it just worked out that we're playing well when we need to be and it's working for us. Do you notice any differences between this team and the two teams that you previously played on in terms of approach or scheme or any of that mentality? Yes and no. It's weird because when you're in the season, like last year and the year before, you feel like you're so focused and you feel like you're such a good team unit. But this year, looking back, I can see everyone's just super committed and super driven and like the team unit I think this is the best we've been playing as a team since I've been at BYU just everyone being effective all the way around the court and I think that's why we're being so successful is we have two really good middles who can score and block whoever's on and both the outsides I hope are doing their job (laughs) Mary's in the background just digging nails and Lindy's just getting everyone involved so I feel like it's a much more team unit instead of just like one or two players doing well and having to shoulder the weight. Obviously, you want to be number one when the season ends. But like you talked about, things are going really well right now. There's not a weakness on this team. Um, every, everything's going swimmingly right now. What has it taken to get to this point, in your opinion, from a, from a culture standpoint, from an execution standpoint? I think last year after Kentucky, when we lost, all of us in the locker room were just like, we're kind of sick of this. Like, we're better. We don't want to experience this again. Like, we know we can go further, and we know we have the talent. And like the want to win, and so I think in like summer off season, everyone really just put in work, and everyone's making each other better and competing. Like in practices, even the practice like the six and not, it's like really close games because everyone's just wanting to make each other better. And so I think that's really good, just like our desire to want to not have to experience what both years actually because we lost in five in Texas my freshman year too. So just getting past the Sweet Sixteen and seeing how far we can go. Well, taking the next step, uh, understandably, includes beating then-number-one-ranked Stanford at home in just a remarkable match that uh, we were lucky enough to broadcast on BYU TV. And I want to rewind a little bit to something specific in that game. Now, I I know that, yeah, beating number one carries extra significance, but for you, matched up with Stanford star Catherine Plummer, there's this (laughs) rivalry that's been going on for a long time between you two. Walk us through what that is all about. I don't know if she knows it's a rivalry because she's, <laughs> she's beating me every time. Like how many times? Um, I've been playing her since I was 12. So club and club and high, high school. school. Like Came close a lot, but... Like never. 10, 20 matches? Probably. I think your mom told me 18 or something like that. There's been a, you play a lot of club tournaments. And she's won every game. Every game. Until the Stanford match. Until the Stanford match. Did that carry extra meaning for you? Um, Don't act like it didn't. (laughs) Okay, not like during the game. It wasn't, but just like like afterwards, like when we were high-fiving, I was like, ah, that high-five felt a little bit nicer. (laughs) (laughs) 
I got one. I got it. I got one. It's like College. 18 to 1, but that one. Yeah. But that one, but you're 1 and 0. But the one. Yeah. Oh, the one is the one. Yeah, that's Let's a great go. That's a great story. She's a tremendous player. Yeah, she's incredible. Night. National Player of the Year last year? Yeah. Yeah, she's really good. Um, you're hitting 306, which is better than you've hit the last two years. And you have as many aces this season as you did the last two years combined. <laughs> you had five against USC. Why, why are you serving better and hitting better? What's going on? I didn't know that. Um. <laughs> That's the point. You come here and we tell you things you didn't know, McKenna. Yeah. Um, the coach is like, no, don't tell her that. I don't know. I've really worked on my serve. We all have. We serve thousands of balls in the winter, just a lot, and we're really good on like little things. Even if your foot is two inches from where it should be, our coaches are really good about getting our cues or what we need to do to get a good serve. And so I don't know. I'm not trying to get aces. No one on our team is, but. Sometimes I guess they just fall the right way. Just, guess. Why number yeah. 14, by the way? I honestly don't know. It just like everyone has a number like that speaks mm-hmm. to them, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. 14 is my, I don't know. There's not a reason no, to it. No, it's true. Every, yeah. Embrace that. Just yeah. say it speaks to me. It speaks to me. In, in football, that was, that was a good one. It was Every a good one. Tied up. It's retired. Ah, it is. And yes. different meals. Oh, I didn't yes. know. Yes. The number 14 is retired. And maybe, who knows? <laughs> No, I'm not going to no. go there. No. <laughs> if you keep this ace uh, markup, yeah, maybe. <laughs> McKenna Miller, BYU junior outside hitter, one of our favorites on BYU Sports Nation is with us. Um, let's move ahead to Pacific. What did the Tigers Oh, yeah, do? that. You play them tonight. You open up West Coast Conference play, and I know this is a big mental turn because now it's like, look, we need to win the West Coast Conference. That's the next goal. What does Pacific do that has your attention? I think they're just really scrappy. We've seen in film they dig a lot of really – good shots that would fall on other teams so we just really need to be patient because we're going to take good swings and they're going to dig some and that's okay like we have to expect it and just keep chipping away and doing what we can to score and keep putting the pressure on them they're a really good competitive team they represent an entire ocean an entire ocean (laughs) (laughs) my home and your your, not really i'm not from stockton but pacific Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're, the, you're, you're a California you're, you're girl. California yeah. girl. Yeah. Pacific Ocean. Exactly. Well, good luck tonight. Thank you. We'll be watching on uh, nine Eastern. And Spencer will uh, be calling. The I'll game. be there. She is MC Hammer. You still cool with that nickname? Never was, but. <laughs> 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 All right. So we'll we'll go ahead and keep it. Excellent. We'll go ahead, Excellent. Go ahead and keep we'll, it. Now we'll that was your that was a family request. Um, yep. I'm doing it for your family. I'll never. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. You're great. Okay, good luck tonight. Uh, Thank you. Thanks. Coming up, is Fred Warner a top 10 rookie defensive player in the NFL? One source says yes. Plus, I can't think of a better way to finish this show, Jerem, than with an elite voice of the day. Mm. Do not use elite in vain. This is BYU Sports Nation. I don't know how we top it, though. We have McKenna Miller here. Like, why would we do another time? True. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guest. McKenna Miller was fabulous. And McNeese head coach Lance Guidry also brought the energy. And we probably shouldn't forget Moroni Laulukututau. It was a three-guest day. Don't forget Moroni. I didn't forget Moroni. <laughs> you can download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to view full episodes. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. 25th ranked Brigham Young University football takes on McNeese at home Saturday. Pre-game coverage begins on BYU TV with Ken Dunn to kick off at 5 Eastern. The game is on BYU TV as well. 
Cougars in the NFL. Fred Warner was ranked number seven in the top ten NFL defensive rookies in yesterday's NFL Power Rankings on NFL.com. Basketball. An update on a couple of games, tip times, and TV networks. The season opener at Top 10 Nevada on November 6th, 11 Eastern. And on December 22nd, the Cougars face San Diego State, 7 Eastern on CBS Sports Network. Volleyball. Number one ranked BYU hosts Pacific. The University of the Pacific. That's the official name. I'm not messing around. At 9 Eastern on BYU TV, the Cougars trying to get to 11-0 on the season. Soccer. Soccer team faces Utah Valley at Southfield tomorrow, 9 Eastern. Watch and listen on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Yeah, I'll be there for that as well. Today's rise and You're there for everything. shout. <laughs> Should go to who, Jerem? This is McKenna Miller. She's one of my favorite interviews. She's <laughs> like, yeah, we're number one. And she's very real. We're like, yes. Execute against Pacific tonight. She's hilarious. She's like, very, yeah, she's very funny, but she's very straightforward, right? Yeah, has a no, fantastic and family and sense of humor. MC Hammer, man. <laughs> MC Hammer. Yeah, yeah, you okay with that? Well, I never was, so. <laughs> <laughs> we, All right, we'll keep it. Nicknames aren't something that you consult with people and go, we'll are you okay it. with that? You just use them. It just happens. We'll keep it. Hey, family gave it to me. Parents gave it to me. It so. just happens. Free game. They're, just, they're given. They're not earned. Our question of the day. Wait, they're earned, too. Which newcomer has made the biggest impact on the 2018 BYU football season? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At TX Colonel on Twitter, Jeff Grimes, for the first time in three years, the offense is exciting. Love the variety of calls and mix of jet sweep, and I wanted to hug him after the trick double pass. Oh, we all need a good hug like Steve Clark got uh, with Jeff Grimes, right? Find, find yourself... You be the Steve Clark and find yourself your Jeff Grimes. CL underscore living on Twitter. Obviously Grimes. But what about Zane Anderson as a newcomer in a new position? Okay. Other position changes seem to be working too, like Hefo at quarterback. Andrew <laughs> 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 Mangum's thrown two touchdown passes this year. <laughs> Hefo's thrown one. What? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years at Crispy Nick on Twitter. Skylar Southam. It's no longer a touchdown or nothing proposition for the offense. Dude can kick it like Jackie Chan. Okay, he's kung fu fighting. Nice. <laughs> Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Follow the BYU Sports Nation accounts. A new BYUSN right now with Kiki Solano drops today. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Ethan Pochman. Go Kooks! Ethan Hunt?